Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right. I am like giddy. I, like I don't share video when I when I podcast, but this one I kind of wish I was sharing video because I'm so excited right now. I'm like my feet are all like bouncing and <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm so beyond excited for this conversation. So today's guest is Ashley Sweet. I will let you introduce yourself and tell us um who you are before we start talking about what you're doing. But I have been um, doing abortion work for this in the field of mental health. Um, I'm going to say like three solid years, although my own abortion was almost six years ago this next month. And so that was when I started like kind of dabbling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for all of these six years, I have been searching and searching and talking about the exact thing that you are about to talk to us about. And like, there are no words to describe how giddy I am about that. So <laughs> introduce yourself. And then we get to talk about your new freaking incredible resource. Thank you. Thank you so much. No pressure. No pressure, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So- well, the good news about pressure is the thing does not exist. So anything is an improvement. <laughs> yes, yes. That I I actually think that to myself a lot. Um so my name is Ashley Sweet and I'm a licensed uh, psychotherapist. I'm practicing in Virginia and Florida. Um and I have I use she her pronouns. Um I have worked in the field of reproductive health my entire career. So I started as an abortion counselor in 2008 right out of undergrad and then really worked my way through planned parenthood uh for 14 years. So I say um planned parenthood raised me. <laughs> I spent 11 of those 14 years um actually in the abortion healthcare setting, mm-hmm. and then three of those at the national office supporting clinical research. So it's always been a passion of mine. I've held thousands of hands during in-clinic abortion procedures. Mm-hmm. I just think it is such a beautiful opportunity to meet people in such um, a moment of vulnerability in their lives. I think particularly because of the stigma surrounding abortion. And so for me to be able to greet them with a warm smile, like, Hey, this is actually okay. You're going to be okay. And I trust your decision today. Um, it's really shaped, I think who, who I am and how I think about the world. Um, So I um, am also a trauma therapist. So my clinical work as a psychotherapist started about 10 years ago, um, and I got my clinical training in a community rape crisis center. So I really understand, you know, sexual violence and how that impacts the nervous system and really how trauma of any type um, can really stick with people. So now I'm finishing up a PhD in clinical sexology 
And as my doctoral project, I am creating the first national directory of pro-choice mental health providers. So licensed clinicians who are supportive of abortion care um, and at minimum will provide medically and politically accurate information, resources, and referrals for patients um, who are seeking that. And so it's been a really beautiful journey um, and very much informed from my many years working in the in the health centers where some folks would need referrals for mental health. And it would be like, I can't tell. I don't know how to find someone who's going to be supportive of your decision. And even for staff, right, who might be going through, you know, day-to-day life stressors if they disclose their employer, how will they know that their therapist is going to be fully present for them? So this is both personal and political because that's how I live my life. I know. I'm like (laughs) the best of both worlds, personal and political winning. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have like, I kind of have two. Well, it's all obviously one big, beautiful, mushy pile. Um, But I've been doing really focusing on abortion work for a few years now. And now I'm like widening the lens to talk about the entire reproductive experience as people who are born with uteruses and whatever hormones that comes with. Right. Um, So as you're talking, I'm like, Ah, I want to talk to you about all the things. Like, what is <laughs> clinical sexology? Sure. So, clinical sexology is essentially a looking at sex through the yeah. lens of um, of mental health. And so, I'm a sexpert, so educated in sex based on our research, science, and understanding of what actually happens in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people that I work with are raised in more of the puritanical society, abstinence only, or they rely on pornography or the media to inform them about their sexuality. Yeah. And it just doesn't work, right? So clinical sexology is really more of the scientific study of sex and sexuality. Um, and so the work now is really fun because I'm helping people find their orgasm by giving them homework and like come back with a smile on their face. Right. Um, but often, you know, it really centers in stress management, you know, feeling good about your body communication with your partner and working through shame. Shame Mm. is often at the core right? Okay. Of so much in our, of, in our, of the yuck in our society, right? It's shame. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I needed you to describe that because anyone who wants to find you for that reason too, uh, that's really amazing. It's really fun. <laughs> yes. It's really fun work. <laughs> okay. Tell us about the, um, the project more specifically. So what will this resource be? How will people access it? Um, how are you, like, what is the filter that, that brings someone onto the website? Like, how do we know we can trust them once we like, what's your filter for bringing them to your project? Sure. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I just want to state for the record, shout it from the rooftops, abortion in and of itself does not cause mental health problems. It does not cause cancer. It does not cause infertility. It does not cause so many of the things that, um, are out there in a, in a scary Google search that is just untrue about abortion. So I'm not creating this because there's a big need for, you know, mental health support, support after abortion. I'm creating this because for those who need it, it doesn't really exist. Right. Um, and so 
the website itself is prochoicetherapists.org, and it will have a national directory where you'll be able to enter your zip code and find a clinician who serves you in your state, either by telehealth or in person. Um, and so then you'll be able to find out a little bit about the clinician. There'll be a description about their perspective on abortion and supporting reproductive freedom. Um, and then you'll get a, a direct link to contact them, right? Um, and so for clinicians, it will also in include a membership. So in order to be a part of the directory, clinicians will have to fill out a pretty extensive application, including proof mm -hmm. of their licensure and some open-ended, more qualitative questions around their beliefs about abortion and why do mm -hmm. they support this. They also will need to create uh, to complete a mandatory training where it's mm -hmm. basically abortion 101, abortion and mental health 101, really dispelling some of the, the big myths we hear about abortion and normalizing. Um, and then they'll have to fill out a comprehensive quiz that will assess their comprehension. And then that's it, right? I think, you know, that is essentially as great as I can do for the gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that within the realm of clinical mental health providers who are licensed, you know, our ethical boards really stand with the right for abortion. They really mm -hmm. stand on the side of reproductive freedom. Yeah. And so there is a duty and an obligation to be honest with our clients. And so if you are listed on this website, you are essentially declaring that you are in alignment with these values. And if you don't for some reason, or if we have bad actors, certainly we'll have the opportunity for folks to reach out to us and say, hey, I had a, I had a bad experience with this yeah. person yeah. and we can get some more information. But you know, this is a totally grassroots project. It's a grassroots feminist initiative to try to fill a public health gap there's no funding. This is me and, you know, every other person who's been supportive in this and giving their time. Um, and so I call this the beta, right? The launch will be the initial, and then we'll hopefully continue to revise, build, make it better. Yeah. Um, and for the clinicians, additionally, they'll have access to resources and trainings for their patients. Um, I think one of the things that I noticed over my many years in, in the reproductive rights world is um, it seems that because of the anti-abortion narratives, and we really want to we want to push back on that, right? It seems like really our messaging is like abortion is great for everyone in every case. Yay, right? And the other side says abortion is horrible and terrible in every case and ruins lives. Ah, right. Mm -hmm. And for most people, the research shows us that 95% of people after abortion feel relief. That is what they feel. Right. And in fact, if they get turned away from an abortion, they want, that's what really can lead to mental health problems. A lot of research shows that, but where is that sort of middle ground where there may be people who want to honor their abortion experience in a different way, right? They still are feeling the loss of that pregnancy, even if it was a decision that they were firm and clear in making, you know, there aren't greeting cards for like, I'm sorry of your pregnancy loss after abortion, right? Or, um, you know, miscarriage, you can talk openly about that experience, right? 
but getting support after abortion can be a lot harder. And I think having those ways to just memorialize and honor that lived experience in a supportive and affirming manner, that's really the space that I take is less like you have a mental health problem after, but like, hey, this was probably a stressful event. It's super stigmatized in our society, even though one in four people with a uterus will have at least one in their lifetime, right? But how can we create more of a supportive, normalizing thing to make it more beautiful, right? Create a meaning that empowers someone in their journey of life versus I have to feel really great or really terrible. Where do I fit here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if this is like, I don't know how much of my podcast you've listened to. <laughs> <laughs> I often open these conversations just to like, give us some different angles to look at it. Um, and um, I want to play with the words. If, you, if you're open to having this conversation with me, abortion does not cause, right? Abortion does not cause mental health. So sometimes what's helpful, I think, for listeners to hear is like an analogy, right? That's like divorce does not cause mental health problems. Like it is a thing that happens Mm -hmm. and whatever the mental health effect of that is, is coming from a combination of factors. Mm -hmm. Because if divorce caused mental health problems, if abortion caused mental health problems, everyone would have mental health problems. So like, just trying to make that like really clear for listeners. When we say abortion does not cause, what we mean is like, it may be part of a a combination of factors that Mm -hmm. did lead you to depression or anxiety or some kind of like post-traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. If you have a mental health problem, a challenge, struggle after abortion, and it feels like it came from abortion, that's okay. But -hmm. it wasn't the abortion itself (laughs) that created that. So just like trying to make that really clear for listeners, anything you want to add or disagree about that or? No, no, no. And I think you gave like a perfect analogy with divorce, right? It's like, what we find is it's the things going on in someone's life that are surrounding having the abortion that often are creating life stressors, right? Like financially, this is not a good time, right? This is a wanted pregnancy, but I already have multiple children. I can't afford this. We have terrible maternal health care in this country. We have terrible, you know, maternal leave policies, right? Like parental leave. We, we're not actually supportive of pregnant people, in, in this country, right? It's really challenging. So, um, you know, challenges and relationships that might be going on, not to mention some folks may feel like they have to hide this, right? There's a secret, right. there's a stigma in their religious community, in their families, right? Holding on to a secret about a major life decision, regardless of what it is, can start to balloon up inside of us, right? This thing happened. I want to be able to talk about it, right? We're social creatures. We connect by sharing our experiences with one another. And for some folks, abortion is a secret. They feel like it needs to stay a secret, right? And so who can they share that secret with, right? And that may be a mental health provider that feels like the right safe fit for that because confidentiality is is built into that experience, right? Um, So- Like just grabbing that secret Mm -hmm. example is like, 
it's the holding of a secret, Mm -hmm. the protecting of a secret that contributes to the anxiety, not the secret itself, (laughs) which, Right. right. So if you're labeling your abortion as a secret, it's not the secret that's creating the anxiety. It's the holding of it, the protecting of it, the guarding around it. So it's just like really trying to help people understand that in a much clearer way. When we say abortion does not cause, this is how, this is how we're saying it. This is what we mean. I also want to say, because when we think about the turn away study, we also can't say being turned away causes mental health problems because it's the same exact thing, right? Like being turned away, again, we're looking at a combination of factors Now, statistically, more people who are turned away experience mental health struggle. Mm -hmm. But it's also not the turning away that causes the depression Mm -hmm. or the anxiety or the trauma. Mm -hmm. It's always a combination of factors. Mm -hmm. Now, here, are you still in agreement with me or Mm -hmm. in disagreement? So, So I think that one's a little bit a little bit more complicated in my mind, because in many of these cases, it means forced parenthood, right? And forced parenthood in and of itself being forced to not be able to make decisions about your own body. um, I do think that can be a traumatic experience, right? Um, And then the stress and anxiety of not being um, in control of your life decisions, right? And I think there's, yes, nothing exists in a vacuum. Nothing exists in a vacuum, right? You know, even when I'm working with sexual abuse cases from kids in childhood, right? Maybe when you're a kid, you feel fine about it because it was a pleasurable experience, right? For many kids, it is. Then they grow into their more teenage years or get a little older. And then they learn like, oh my God, that was bad. I shouldn't have been playing with Timmy down the street. Oh my God, that was terrible. Now I'm traumatized by this experience because of the meaning that was made around it, right? Nothing exists in a vacuum, right? I think everything exists in context, but I think we're much more likely, the research shows us that when someone is forced to carry a pregnancy that they don't want to have, right? Or they're forced into parenthood or forced into choosing adoption, which is a whole nother story, forced into choosing adoption, your ability to feel any sort of agency over your life really decreases. And so I think that can shoot up that anxiety, that depression, right? And then, you know, we know things like um, credit scores can go down after, right? Like, um, like more evictions happen in those turn folks who have been turned away from abortion, right? Um, even um, like relationships with the children that they end up having, right, are can have poorer outcomes. So it's complicated, but, right. but what do you nothing exists in the vacuum. So the I'm vacuum. always like, you know, I'm nearing 200 episodes. So I'm like, always have my listener in mind because my listener is always sending me messages. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you say to the listener who's saying, yeah, I hear you, but I was forced into my abortion because that is what it feels like for many people. Now, my perspective is like, it's the forcing that's creating the trauma, that's creating the struggle. So forced into abortion is 
comparable to forced into parenthood. It's right. a forcing right. that's creating the dissonance. Right. The right. yeah. Yes, you don't have power agency over your body or your life. Yeah. So when people say I abortion did create my mental health problems, was it was it the abortion or was it the forcing into abortion? Like my my partner gave me no other choice. My you know, my my priest told me it was whatever, right? Like all the things. It's it's going beyond the thing that looks like the problem and and just sliding underneath it and looking like it's the forcing, it's the lack of autonomy, it's the lack of agency right in either direction that's creating the internal struggle, not the right. Right, right, right. And I think that when we're talking about abortion doesn't cause mental health, I think that is like a direct stance against the propaganda saying that it somehow changes you chemically, right? right. That somehow, you know, the the propaganda that it causes breast cancer or it causes infertility or it causes these health issues, that it doesn't, right? That at some like biological fundamental level, it changes you. Hormonally, you'll never be the same. Like all of that Made that's the direct cause, right? <laughs> that's the direct cause that they're attaching, right? And scaring people with. And in some states, abortion providers who are like medical doctors or they're licensed nurse practitioners, right, are required to say these scripts of things that are not true about abortion, right? Like that it causes breast cancer, even though it doesn't. They're legally mandated to say that. This is insane to me, it's right? Infu- like nothing makes me matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes so I challenge funny. myself when I say that. I'm like, does anything boil my blood more than crisis pregnancy centers oh, or my. the scripts given, like you're you're mentioning, right? I have to say whatever the thing is. It's like there's a lot of bad things happening in the world, but there's something about this kind of manipulation that just like nothing boils my blood more. Nothing. Like I just, yeah. I, my, yeah. my reaction to that just outright lies and manipulation is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I really, um, I really lived on like that feminist rage through my twenties and I found my nervous system can't survive on rage alone. So, um, it feels good to be now in a place where I'm making the change I want to see in the world, you know, I'm doing my pushback in a, in a positive way. And I think you're doing the same with your work too. Yeah. I've had so many people reach out to me, um, around particular, like a particular political shift will just take the obvious, like the over like row. Right. Mm-hmm. And say, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my work in the world. Like my work doesn't change. I just keep going. And I'm actually like, it sucks, but like what makes me okay is I'm doing what I can to help. Yes. And that hasn't changed. I just keep yes. going. <laughs> it's yes. more fuel for the fire. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Um, I just recorded like a little video about anger and the and the feminist you said the feminist rage and um I'm curious what your like your therapeutic perspective is on this I was kind of identifying like there's the kind of anger that's in your head and it's this like just spinning buzzing like hot raging spiraling like chaotic anger Mm -hmm. I was like one level of anger. And then if you drop it down, you're like, okay, I've digested and now I want to punch something. 
And there's this like mid-level anger where you're just like so mad you want to like do something. You want to like punch something. You've got it out of the craziness in your head, but you want to like, err. And then there's the kind of anger if you can drop it down even lower into your feet and like get grounded in your anger. That's the anger that's productive, right? Like Mm -hmm. the anger in your head, it's part of the human experience, but not so productive. The mm-hmm. anger in your like mid torso, again, part of the human experience, but not all that productive. If you can like slow it down, get it all the way grounded in your feet. Now you're like, what am I going to do? I'm going to create prochoicetherapist.org. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's not that you've let go of the anger completely, but it's that you've grounded it in a way to actually make a change. You're like, I can take this and use it. Because a lot of people will say like, well, if I wasn't angry, I wouldn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, what's the flavor of the anger? <laughs> right, right. I think about it a lot as just transforming power, right? Yeah. It's like <clears throat> the first couple of anger scenarios that you gave really can feel disempowering, right? Oh. I'm, I'm so worked up in the injustice of what's happening. I feel overwhelmed. Um, I just feel enraged, right? And, and and that can be paralyzing, I think. We can feel really stuck in, in the doom of that. And I yes. think in my work, and, and it's been very active, right? Uh, it's a daily practice mm-hmm. um, of really having to transform that power into something that can be growing what I want to see yes. in the world versus burning it down, right? The burn it down energy. Yes. Oh, um, oh, I know that so well, right? <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm in the phase of life now where if I keep burning it down, I'm going to burn myself down in the process. And I can't keep doing that. Yeah. So, I'm And that's so good. That. That's exactly what it is. When it's all in your head, the world is happening to you. And there's yeah. just like zero empowerment. For me, when it comes down midway, now I have power. That's why I want to punch something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not empowered power. Yeah. It's like reactive power. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I can get myself grounded and step into my empowerment, now I'm in like empowered power. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I did have a question from earlier. How did you decide between pro-choice and pro-abortion? Yeah. So that's a great question. <clears throat> so I think first and foremost, you know, the, the reproductive, the reproductive rights worlds, right? We're really trying to sort of move away from pro-choice. And I feel like I'm very much straddling these two worlds. I'm straddling the mental health world and I'm straddling the reproductive rights world, right? Mm -hmm. And in the mental health world, those folks aren't generally trained or aware of the progress in the repro rights world. And so in merging these, I felt like I needed to find some sort of more neutral terminology so that there was maybe a little bit of a softer landing with the concept. Now the site itself talks about abortion and, you know, this is all pro-abortion. Yes, we're talking about abortion here, but the word itself, abortion, right? It is so stigmatized, the word in and of itself, right? For some, it's like, it's just not a pretty word, right? Like lavender is a beautiful word, right? <laughs> lavender. Like, abortion is like, can we find like just a prettier word for this? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think so pro-choice is sort of 
in more of that traditional mainstream way of thinking about abortion, pro-choice, pro-life, right? And I also thought that when you're typing something into a search engine, your fingers may feel more comfortable typing in pro-choice than A-B-O-R-T-I-O-N. I'm thinking about the user experience. So yeah, I I purchased, let's see, about 30 <laughs> domain names. I own them Every all, entrepreneur so, knows this story. <laughs> um, yes, because the idea of any crisis pregnancy center owning any <clears throat> URL around abortion and counseling or therapy, I can't sleep at night. So I, I own oh, them no. all. Um, <clears throat> and maybe I'll change the name in the future, but we're in Betaville. This yeah. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have so many people who come to me and they they can't even say the word right. A B O R D M O N. Right. They're like that thing. Well, when I did. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. yeah. And so meeting people where they are, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I can say abortion. I wear shirts with abortion. My water mm-hmm. bottle right here says right. abortion is all the care, right? I'm loud totally. and proud. But um, I'm not necessarily um, speaking to me through this yeah. project. Yeah. Um, when you anticipate um, launching the site, do you imagine or do you already have people from, um, do you have someone in every state? Because with therapy, you need a licensed provider in your state. So will you have someone in every state? Yeah, so the launch is projected to um, the beta is starting in May. It should be open by May. The website itself is live. Um, It just the directory is not live yet. And so I'm opening it within the next two weeks for clinicians to start applying. I have a very generous list of folks in every state who are going to receive information in this invitation. My goal is to start with five clinicians from all 50 states and D.C. Mm. And the great thing about licensure these days and telehealth is you can have one provider who can serve multiple states. So we should be able to get um, representation in all 50 states and D.C. That is the goal. That is so important to me, especially in these more restrictive of states, um, it, it is really important for representation to be everywhere. Yes. Mm, so good. I have in my in my time, I have started multiple lists and tried to create resources. And every time I have a therapist on the show of any kind, I'm like, um, excuse me, do you know of a directory? <laughs> and they're like, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Yeah. Um, so I have started so many lists that don't make it very far, right? They don't make it very far and I don't have enough of a reach and I have no like movement in, in, um, networking with therapists to create it. So I'm just like, again, back to the beginning of this podcast, like so beyond excited that this exists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, <clears throat> it, it, it is a passion project for sure. And also the website will <clears throat> link folks to the peer counseling um, sites of Exhale Pro Voice mm-hmm. and then alloptions.org. Um, each of those have 
really wonderful, supportive peer peer <clears throat> peer counselors who can talk free of charge about abortion decision making, you know, before, during, and after. Um, and those are really great too. So if you don't feel like you have the resources or interest in a licensed professional, then there's really great supportive options as well that you can just call or text. Yep. Yep. There are. Mm-hmm. Um, say, what else was I going to say? Is there any, um, I'm guessing it's just sort of like a checkbox or something like will most of the, is there any kind of requirement or will most of the providers listed accept insurance? Oh yeah. So that is really going to be dependent on the individual clinician. Um, At this point in the beta, folks are just going to have to go directly to the websites of the clinicians and get that information. Um, I don't, you know, I, I've had a lot of people who are very excited about this idea say, and how about this? And how about this? And I'm like, I can't ask yeah. all the things um, <laughs> I want to, and maybe in the future and with some funding, that'll be a thing. But for now, this is very much a grassroots passion project. Yeah. And yeah. I just want people to at least know, here's a website I can go to. I can learn more about this clinician. I can have a consultation. Does this feel like a good fit? Yeah. 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 Oh, anything you haven't said that you want to say? Um, abortion. Looking at my notes, I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, just abortion is freedom. It's so important to me. Um, you know, being a clinical sexologist, having worked in abortion care for so many years, um, as a trauma therapist, you know we will always need abortion because we don't have resources or education to help people prevent unwanted pregnancies. And we live in a society that is very emphasized on heterosexual PIV intercourse as the penultimate sexual experience. Um, condoms get a bad rap, right? We, we don't have a pleasure-based education system. Um, birth control is wonderful, but not everyone has access to that and it doesn't always work. Um, And so, you know, we have so many factors in our society that are not supportive for someone to be able to carry a pregnancy to term when it accidentally happens. Um, Abortion is freedom. Every child should be a wanted child. Every person should have the ability to make that decision for themselves. Um, it should never be forced. It should, it should always be a decision. Um, I believe that whole wholeheartedly. Yeah. There's no such thing as enough resources or education that abortion is no longer a necessary part of healthcare. Like that's not a thing. There's not like we get to some euphoric place where there's Mm -hmm. enough birth control and the perfect, whatever sex education for all humans. It's, it's not, it's not a thing. It's like, it's like, will we ever live in a world that that does not have cancer? Like it, it's like it, we're human. Like we are human, and there will be unwanted pregnancies that right. that should not be kept, that cannot right. be kept, that right. don't want to be kept. Right. Um, right. So education's amazing. More resources is amazing, yeah. but like we have to talk about this in a way that it's a part of the human experience. It's not a thing that we're always trying to avoid. It's right. it's. It's part of the kit and caboodle of being yeah. a human. <laughs> totally. And and 
we are so, so far from being a sex positive society. <laughs> we are so, so far from being supportive of people's pregnancy decisions and sexual yeah. health. We are so far from that, that yeah, we, we will always need abortions and we are so far from a society that actually supports, um, reducing unwanted pregnancies, right? We live in a society oh God, that is that's essentially, so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just essentially inviting it to happen. Um, and that's the other part of my work is as a yeah. clinical sexologist, I get to dismantle a lot of those myths around sex and sexuality. And that is so fun that that fills yeah. my cup, but yeah. that is, a that is the relief from some of this burn it down stuff I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, Pro-choice, no dash or anything, just like P-R-O-C. Okay. So Mm -hmm. prochoicetherapist.org. Did you say that the, the website is up, just not the directory yet? Correct. Awesome. Cool. So everybody go check it out. Um, I will certainly be linking in all the places and I'm just really grateful for you and this resource. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you and your work and your support for your listeners and, and your clients you work with. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So fun. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.